Good morning, good afternoon. How you doing out there today? Wherever you are in the world today, I want to thank you for listening in. This is David Robert for the Marketplace of Ideas podcast. Hopefully you're having a wonderful first weekend of the year. It is January the 7th, I want to say. Uh, so yeah, hopefully the start of your new year is kicking off to a fun and enjoyable one. I just finished scraping some snow off the driveway, so hopefully you're uh, having a bit more fun than I was today. But nonetheless, just want to thank you for listening in. I uh, just want to let you know before we get started, you can find the Marketplace of Ideas podcast wherever you get your podcast from Google Play to Stitcher, Podbean, uh, iTunes, we are there. We're going. To, I'm trying to get us into some other feeds that are out there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I got to check the RRS feed. But as of right now, you can find us pretty much wherever you get your podcast. I think there's a few we're not in, and so we're going to see if we can get into those. Uh, so yeah, today we're going to be chatting about what to do after new year's what to do after all the celebrations all the hubbub all of the fun is over um a few years ago before we get started on this i remember hearing that on the 21st of january was by psychologists and their measurements one of the most depressing if not um saddest day of the year and the meaning the reason behind that is, if you think about it, we spent pretty much, depending on if you live in North America, so if you live in Canada or the States, usually right after right after Halloween, it's the ramp up for Christmas. That is the time period where everybody, every business, every, you know, um, all, all people are trying to get in their last minute um, dental and, you know, um, uh, benefits for their jobs in, you know, people are, I remember when I worked at the gym, people would come in asking for their receipts so they can get reimbursed for their time working out. And we have this two month slog, eight weeks actually, of where people are literally totally fixated on December 25th, on this one day, on this day where everyone's going to be celebrating, everybody's going to be partying, we're going to be spending money we don't have, drinking our weight in booze, eating our weight in food. We're going to be getting together with family and friends. And particularly after the last two years with the pandemic, it's been more apparent that we need human interaction more than ever. So people have been, you know, jonesing to get together. And so it's not uncommon to see people spend, overspend, overdrink, overeat, and just do everything to the, to the max, to the excess. You know, you have family get-togethers, work parties, events, Christmas um, pageantries, and things of that nature with your, if you have any kids or talent shows or whatever. So we spend the good eight weeks preparing for this time. And it's, it really is a lifesaver because it's at the start of winter and there's not a lot going on. It's right, and some people like to celebrate it right after Remembrance Day. Others like to say, screw that, we're going all in once um, Halloween is over. But regardless of what you, even if you don't celebrate the holiday, it's still around and it's hard to get away from. And so what happens is on January the 21st, three weeks after we've celebrated Christmas and New Year's and that really weird week in between Christmas and New Year's where no one's really doing much except 
kind of just getting together and relaxing and reminiscing. By the 21st, all the, most of the, you know, the Christmas goodies are gone. We've used up or we're forgotten what we've, what we've gotten or what we've given as far as gifts. Um, most people are back at work or back at school or back at university. Um, exams are going forth with, uh, post with, um, high school and junior high, if I'm not mistaken, uh, high school anyways, with diplomas. And so everybody's kind of back into the swing of things. And you look at the, you look at the calendar and if it's January 21st, you still have February, March to go through before we start to see any spring. So it's, I mean, you, you got, I guess you got like Valentine's day. Black History Month, St. Patrick's Day, but there's not a lot. It's just a, it's a slog. It's a, it's a rough, and, and you could choose to, you know, either have it be a slog or have it be something that you're excited about. So that's what we're going to be chatting about. But with that, with this time period being so depressing, people can suffer from um, sad, I believe it's seasonal um, depression. If I'm not mistaken, I forget the A, what the acronym is that for the A. But people can just fall to, you know, numbing themselves with more alcohol, more Netflix. Um, realizing that, pardon my language, they blew their whole wad, if you would, on the holidays. And you're trying to recover by, you know, um, paying, the, paying the visa bill when it comes in. And, and you know, catching up on everything. And, and... It can be really depressing if you already were an introvert and you didn't have a lot of friends and maybe you didn't have a lot of people to hang out with to begin with. And God forbid if the holidays were already a stressful time, if you had issues with family, maybe you lost somebody and so this is the first holiday where you're, you know you, you don't have them around, maybe you got laid off. A lot of layoffs took place during the months of October and November from a lot of tech companies in the United States. A lot of companies right now are bracing for a recession this year and well into next year. We're seeing high rises of inflation. We're seeing interest rates going through the roof at 40-year highs, you know. And there are people who just can't, who have to refinance their mortgages and, and stuff like that. And we're still in the grips, regardless of what people want to say. The pandemic is not over. You know, it's still going on. And with more and more cases coming out of places like China and, and other places across the globe, we have to be as vigilant as ever. So the idea that there's a lot that, pe that can weigh on people's shoulders and weigh on people's minds when it comes to just the global economy when it comes to just what's going on with food prices there's a lot and it hits it and it can hit you and let's be honest right now if you're working a regular nine to five you're coming home in the dark you're going to work in the dark you're not really seeing your neighbors too much you know if you just maybe say hi hi and a bye wave to them while you're driving to work and heading into an in indoor cubicle where you're breathing in recycled air so there's a lot to be said about how badly we can we can make ourselves feel during this time period after we've had such a jubilation a jubilant time period for almost eight weeks and then you you hit this just drop where everybody's just tired of seeing everybody and they're worn out and so what we're, what we're going to be chatting about is just three ways that you can find to kind of not just white knuckle it through the winter but actually find Find an actual rhythm to where you can enjoy this time period. I've suffered from um, 
from SAD in the past. I remember I, uh, pretty severely back in 2012, and I didn't know what it was. I just remember going to work, coming home, and doing the same thing, and not having any sort of break in between or anything like that. And I remember my car blew up at the time, so I was taking the bus, which was kind of nice because you get time to think, but unless you have a something to look forward to and something you're planning towards, it can be, it can be quite the, the trek. So the first thing I want to talk about is having something to look forward to. And what I mean by that is um, in my other podcast, which is the Adult Fitness Podcast, um, we're going to be chatting about things that you can do to plan for, to make this year the best year of, uh, for your fitness. So uh, stay tuned for that. But in doing so, when you plan something and you're looking forward to something, it gives you something to shoot for so you're not just going through the daily grind. So a great example of that is let's take exercise. Let's take uh, physical fitness. Let's take um, like you're, you're planning some sort of hiking trip or whatever the case is. If you look down the calendar and you look at it and you say, okay, in July or June or maybe in August, I've got some time off. I can book some time to maybe head to the mountains or do a small trek with the family. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You could start training for that right now. So then you could say, okay, um, between the week of this and this, I'm going to apply for a camping permit. If I'm not mistaken, some of the some of the national parks allow you to um, camp in them, or you could just, you know, book a book a hotel for say four nights, four nights, five days, kind of thing. Um, for a week, you know, hopefully the prices aren't going to be too crazy and you can start training for it and you could, you know, map out a path where you're going to go. Uh, you could take, you know, do the, some day hikes throughout the area, getting in touch with nature, maybe even ask if a, if a, a friend or your, or your partner, or your family wants to go with you and you've got something to train for. So in the dull days of, of, and nights of winter, when it gets, you know, really cold, and you're feeling like, oh gosh, I got another eight weeks of this. You're like, no, I'm training. So I'm training for this, this hike. I got something to look forward to. Or it could be, um, it, it may not even be a hike. It could be you, you really like biking, right? And you want to get back into it. And right now, more than ever, you know, with some of the prices that we're seeing with uh, bike parts and everything else, if you can find a bike, you can start, you know, join your local gym, start training on their ellipticals, on their bikes and all that kind of stuff. And before you know it, you are pushing towards something. There's something to look forward to. There's a goal that you can actually, you know, sort of uh, gear yourself towards rather than just coming home, going to work, Maybe going out to eat, Netflixing it up, and getting fat and lazy, you know, <laughs> or just getting, getting, uh, getting a little bit more soft around the midriff, you know. So planning something to where you are, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you're, where you're excited about something, can really help to remove the feelings of dread and existential crisis you might have after the holiday season. The second thing I'd like to talk about. Oh, sorry hit the mic there, is when we're talking about after, you know, you plan something, you're, you're whatever the case is, one of the the big things that I've noticed, and, and this is something that I've had to really work to get, get away from, because I have a habit to kind of, if I'm given the chance, I'm, I'm quite the extrovert. I like talking to people. I get a lot of energy from hanging out with folks, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
but I do need to recharge. And what I've found is if given, if left to my own devices, I would have no problem working at a job where I didn't have to talk to anybody. And that's kind of weird if, you know, people, people know me. I've had jobs before where I worked as a dental technician. I've had jobs where I was kind of by myself delivering papers, all that kind of stuff. And it's a lot of solitary time where you could just put in your, your headphones. I, I cleaned my church for a number of years with my wife um, uh, for a number of years. And you can just put your headphones on, put your head down and just go and you can stay wrapped up in your own world. And that's a problem. And one of the things I'm, I, excuse me, I've been investigating over the last two years is how much personal time people have had how much time we've had by ourselves, swimming in our own juices, getting high on our own supply, listening to our own echo chambers, and not listening to other people's ideas, theories, you know, concepts, but just literally baking in our own juices, as it were, to where we're not even willing to listen to other pieces of advice. And so that's why I think it's imperative that whatever you do, if it's um, that app on, I believe it's, I think it's still operating where it's called Meetup, where you can join a group. Uh, it could be for free. There's stuff where you can join cooking groups or hunting groups or uh, bow hunting if you're into that, axe throwing, fishing, sewing, painting. There's so many groups out there. There's Facebook groups as well that you can start where you can connect with people in your in your area and I just want to be clear you want to create these groups so you can meet in real life so if you have issues with COVID or um, if you're still kind of leery about that you can still set various standards and be like look if we're all gonna meet at this place we all gotta at least if we don't want to all take a test at least when we walk through the door make sure our temperature is good make sure we're not sneezing make sure nobody within you know three degrees of separation to us has been sneezing or coughing make sure you got hand sanitizer on hand um, you can, people can wear masks or not, but having a social group is ridiculously, insanely important. One of the things that I found very, very interesting over the course of, at the height of this pandemic, was how badly I was damaged from my time away from people, even though it felt good at the beginning, because I'll be honest, I had my, one of my friends describe me as a people person who hates people. I could, it couldn't be it couldn't be couldn't be truer, but we do need interaction with people, be it romantic interaction, friendship interaction. Heck, we even need to have interactions where we are at odds with people. Not to say we're coming to fisticuffs, but we're debating. We are challenging people's theories. One of the reasons why we had here in Canada the um, the Freedom Convoy, and in the states where they had the January sixth. Um, capital riots is that nobody's willing to listen to anybody else's opinion and actually take it in and see if there's merit or not. You know, if you're left-leaning or you're a Democrat or Republican or a conservative or a liberal or somebody who cares about the environment or whatever, oh, well, you're we're going to write you off. We're not listening to anything you have to say. And I don't care what anyone tells you. You need to have um, alignment on, on, on everything from you need to have conservative values and liberal values at the sometimes in the same over the same thing and so getting in touch with people as uncomfortable as it may be as messy as it may be is necessary 
not only for our own mental health, just for your soul. Just, just to know that you're not alone. There's nothing more depressing than having everything you want, but you're completely alone. I personally would, would, if I had the option to make 60 grand a year and have tons of friends, even some of the weird ones, or have, you know, 12 million, 50 million, whatever, and I'm by myself. What's the point? Don't get me wrong. It's nice to have the toys and it's nice to have, you know, I mean, uh, a Millennial Falcon, right? You know, life-size version or a Stormtrooper outfit. But if you, if you don't, if you have all these things and you don't have anyone to sh- talk about it with, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like what? So find some way to connect with people in a real way. Do it in a safe manner, but make sure you're getting outside of your basement outside of your bedroom, outside of your, your own little enclave of, of beliefs, and you're actually connecting with real-life flesh-and-blood people. Um, it's, it's frightening out there to see what passes now for human connection. I don't know if anybody listening to this has tried to log on into the metaverse, but it's scary as F, AF, and it's, it's this weird almost um i don't know it's just it's just this strange um thing where like we we're not meant to be avatars in a virtual space this is why so many people are can be so dumbfounded as to why physical media is so is so popular Right? I mean, because well, we've got streaming, we've got we've got we can we've got Netflix, we got HBO Max, we got Amazon Prime, we got all these we got all of these um, areas in which we can connect digitally. Why do we need to see people for our own mental health? You need to see people. There was a study done. This was um, during uh, during the, the the Cold War when Russia was still under the Iron Curtain, and I wish I had specifics of it but I remember hearing this in social class where there were 12 young orphans that were um, given the option of uh, you know not being touched they weren't they weren't held they weren't coddled they weren't given positive reinforcement and what they found and this is truly uh, abhorrent as far as like um, studies go but what they found was is that out of the 12 because they divided them up by six so the six six of the kids were left kind of just ignored they were just fed and changed and that was it. And the other six were, you know, hugged and, and, and everything else. And, and what they found was the six that were actually held and treated, you know, tickled and all that stuff, their cognitive abilities were through the roof. They, they were more, they were happier. They were more well-adjusted. Where, whereas the ones who weren't, they had stunted growth. They had an inability to, if I remember correctly, to actually read vocal cues and to see, you know, if somebody actually was angry or happy, it stunted their growth. And we literally have a two-year window in which we could see the level of despair, I mean, just anguish and, huh, every form of mental, um, it, every every form of mental issues you could possibly think of, from depression to loneliness to suicide, to overconsumption of alcohol, to overconsumption of porn, to being glued to our screens. It's it's just not only is it not good for our eyesight, for our, for our physical health, for our physiology, 
the way our backs are now like mimicking, you know, Igor from Frankenstein. But how we're not even able to connect properly with people. It's frightening out there. And so my advice to anybody, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with connecting with people as difficult and as time consuming as sometimes it might be. I recognize even for people I can't stand, I'll, I'll stop by and see how they're doing. We need it, it's a it's a need. It's not a want. It's not a desire. It's a need. And if we don't feed that need, we're going to regress, just like we would if we're not eating properly, if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not getting enough exercise. It's going to mess us up. And I think the third point that I wanted to talk talk to when it comes to um, this whole, you know. Um, kind of fighting fighting the the new year's blues as it were was this idea that excuse me um this idea that we create our own kind of realities we recreate our own sort of you know um moral compass as it were and it's kind of to jump off the last point but if you as an individual only listen to one type of one type of advice you're going to be susceptible to a lot of a lot of dubious stuff out there a lot of conning a lot of a lot of bad actors and so my third piece of advice would be to limit your I mean, I almost almost hate to say it, but it, it's true. Limit your your time spent online. Now, if it's part of your job, that's a whole other thing. If you are, uh, you know, uh, uh, an event planner, if you run a website, it's going to be almost impossible not to have some form of interaction with the internet. It's part of your job. It's what you. It's what allows you to pay your mortgage and feed you and clothe you and keep the lights on. But there's the internet that we need as far as our interaction with work and the internet that we have for pleasure with Instagram and, oh, excuse me, Facebook and all that other stuff. (coughs) And I would dare say that if we were to chart the amount of time we spend on these apps, be it the gaming apps or just some of the gossip sites that we, we, we go on, and replace that with, let's say, deep breathing exercises, or push-ups, or sit-ups, or just even mindful meditations. It would do so much more for our mental health, because one of the problems that I, I picked up over the last two years was the, the uh, phenomenon of doom-scrolling, where you're looking at one news feed, and it's giving you some horrible news about the pandemic, and about racial unrest and about climate change and about you know um infrastructure falling apart and you know um uh, goods not arriving to people on time and just companies laying people off and so you just fall down this spiral of looking at things that are just horrible and the crazy thing is given the amount given given the right avenue you could spend upwards to eight hours a day on that stuff. If you have no other responsibilities and you just come home from work and after your dinner, let's say if you eat at six and you go to bed at 12, that's six hours you could spend literally just scrolling, just online, just looking at horrible, god awful news and seeing what's going on in the world. 
And you're, you'll be far better off by taking that time and just saying, hey, let me read a book. Let me, let me take an ice bath. Let me take a hot bath. Let me, let me, let me drink some tea. Let me, let me draw or read or work out or call my grandmother or anything. You know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. And so what I've done is set this time for myself that throughout the week, what I'll do is if I have to, after I post, like I, I record a, an episode of this podcast where I post something, I'll take no more than five minutes. I'll make sure I got everything done. I'll do the little intro, blah, 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 post it up, make sure it's on there and I'll give myself five minutes. So if I got five minutes, I can maybe check out what's on my feed. Once those five minutes are up, boom, I'm off. Same with Facebook. I don't really mess with Instagram too much. YouTube is a bit of a problem for me because there's a lot of documentaries on there and a lot of stuff that I'll maybe have playing in the background. So the thing is, rather than just sit and consume a, like a video or consume a documentary, if I can listen to it while I'm working out or listen to it while I'm, let's say, um, playing chess or it's in the background while I'm cooking and I'm still listening to it, but I'm doing something else, that's a better use of my time. Now, if I'm winding down after, after the day and I decide, you know what, I'm going to sit with this thing. I'm maybe going to peel some ginger because I like making ginger beer or I'm going to, um, while I'm sitting and kind of unwinding, I might, might, uh, excuse me, fold some laundry or whatever, but finding more productive ways to, to use social media. And then there's the extreme of just cutting it all off together. For some people, it might be within your best interest to really talk to a psychologist or, or go see somebody about addictions and find a way that you can limit your, your connection to social media altogether, like just cut it right off. And, and I have a few friends who have done that. I have three friends in particular that I know personally that don't have social media. Uh, they've the one, the one couple just went on when they had a little bit of a medical emergency with their child, but just to let people know what was going on. But outside of that, you know, to stay away from a lot of that stuff, because unless it's you connecting with somebody you actually know, whether it's you reaching out to somebody you, you care about that, you know, in person or that you're, you're not able to see in person because they, they live a far ways away outside of that. A lot of it is gossip. I'd say about 90% of it is either gossiping, seeing what other people are doing with their lives. And then the rest of it is just, I'll be honest, just coveting what other people have, like just looking at what other people are doing, looking at other people's vacations, their beautiful cars, their, their gorgeous kids or their house. And, and you're looking at what you have thinking, man, this sucks, you know? So all of these things are things that can definitely help you in dealing with what to do after the New Year's celebration. I mean, it's only January the 7th right now. And you're already seeing people taking down the Christmas trees. And, you know, they're not playing the Christmas carols anymore on the radio. And it is now just the heart of winter. It is the slog. And we can we can do a couple of things. We can, like I said, we can we can fall to the fall through the cracks of of the New Year's celebration that is now gone, or we could say, you know what, we're going to actually enjoy the winter. Get out there. Get out there with people. Um, talking with with folks, right? And then after that, seeing where we could take it from there. So, 
I personally have gone through, um, you know, the whole um, thing where you're feeling depressed and you're feeling kind of crappy <laughs> about everything, and it's not helpful. It's not helpful at all. So, uh, for me to you, hopefully you are having a wonderful start to your new year. I hope that some of this stuff can actually help you, that perhaps... Oh, sorry. That perhaps this is something that could um, allow you to feel just better, just better about about life, and realize that if you are feeling seasonal depression, that it's okay, that you're normal, and if you are actually feeling really, um, you know, um, like you just can't get out of bed, and that you you just don't know how to how to handle what's going on, it might not be a bad idea to seek professional help. And I think that's that's one of the things I wanted to add on, which is not to be ashamed of trying to um, seek help for a problem that you might have. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Actually saying, hey, you know what? I would... I just, I just can't handle this right now. It might be a chemical imbalance. It might be that you're... That you just don't feel like you're able to handle this on your own. It could be that the environment that you're in is pretty toxic or the people that you hang around are are just not good. Nonetheless, uh, whatever you do, make sure that you're doing it to take care of yourself so you can be a better version of yourself and be good to um, the people that, that depend on you and that love you. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And be good to one another out there. Peace.